Hello, I'm Katie Sewell, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Tiffany Parks. Hello and welcome to The Bittersweet Life. I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. I am sitting here with an old friend of mine. Uh, Would you introduce yourself? Hi, um, my name is India Bediner. I live in New York, but I lived in Rome for about almost two years, and I met Tiffany there. We uh, did some yoga classes together when she was teaching yoga, and since then we've been really close friends. Yes. India is a very, very special person in my life. When we met, she was only 13 years old. I think you had just turned 13. Yeah, I think that's about right. India was living with her parents in Rome. How long were you in Rome? Technically, it was about 18 months. I mean, it was just really for the experience of it, right? Yeah, my parents were unhappy (laughs) with the political situation in the U.S., and they kind of used that as a not an excuse, but sort of a motivation to take the family elsewhere. And they wanted me to have an international experience. And Italy has always been deep in our hearts. And so we wanted to take that time to go overseas and and really have that experience as a family. I want to just tell everybody where we are. We are at India's childhood home. It is located on a cliff, at the edge of a cliff in Big Sur, California. It kind of reminds me of a tree house Mm. because it's all made of wood. It's up high and the ground slopes down in front of the house. And there are trees, very large trees planted in front of the house. But because they are lower than the house, it makes you feel like you're up in the trees. I'm going to post a picture of the view. So look for that on social media when this episode airs. It's all glass in the front. So you have a 180 degree view of the ocean. It is a very special place. What was it like growing up here? It was really awesome. I think it helped me be more present, more aware of life. I was very active, very nature-y, outdoorsy. I wasn't stuck in front of a iPad or, you know, watching television and I spent a lot of time just playing and interacting with the environment and with other kids. And so it really helped to bring out those qualities of really being present. Now you live in New York now, one of the busiest and most frenetic cities on the planet. Do you like crave the peace when you're in New York or vice versa? When you're here, do you crave the activity of New York? Well, I mean, I like to think of myself as a, an adaptive person and multidimensional person. So I think people kind of box themselves into like, oh, I like quiet or I like small towns or oh, I like cities. And one of the things my parents did for me growing up was that we spent a lot of time traveling. We spent a lot of time in New York, in Italy, in other countries and it gave me the ability to appreciate different environments and develop skills of adaptivity because I know grown adults that it's like when they go to a different environment something more quiet or more urban it's like really uncomfortable for them so I don't have that because I have bits and pieces of it growing up I like being a city girl (laughs) so yeah New York is amazing but I said to India when we walked in, I was like, how could you ever live anywhere else if you've lived here? But of course, you could say that about anywhere. People say that about Rome as well. I think it depends on where you are in your life and what your needs are. My father, who is still living here in our childhood home, he spent a lot of his years living in 
Los Angeles and, you know, working in the entertainment industry. And, you know, that was like the peak of that kind of intense career. And, and now, you know, he's he's older and really what he wants to do is just to focus on his own projects, his writing, his life. And it's much more conducive to be in a quiet creativity evoking environment than being in a chaotic busy and there's a million things going on so for him this is an ideal space for someone like me who really enjoys being around other people and like I'm younger and I want to move and do things this can be a little bit too quiet I as a writer I can imagine this would be a really amazing place to have solitude and to have just the connection with nature didn't Henry Miller live and work around here absolutely he's a historical figure around here there is a library named after him the henry miller library which is really kind of like a, a classic staple in big sur where a lot of people spend time yeah i read a uh, quote of his that said big sur is the place where i learned to say amen <laughs> Yeah, the quiet forces you to be more aware of what's going on in the inside. And I think that's a huge part of writing is being able to to unlock what's inside. Um, Now, returning to Rome for a minute, I would love it if you would just briefly describe, not necessarily the home where you lived in Rome, but your particular room and what you saw out your bedroom window (laughs) when you lived there as a 13, 14 year old girl. I lived in a really special place. I think my parents knew that unless they moved into the most gorgeous, extravagant place that I would kick and scream like I was very spoiled. And it was a hard transition for me to come to a foreign country. We were living in a beautiful piazza called Piazza Matei. We were kind of on the top of the building, so there was gorgeous views kind of all around. But my particular room, if you open the shutters, it would look out on the piazza we had a very special fountain there, the Fontone di Tartarughe, um, the turtle fountain. So I had a direct view of the fountain. What's crazy is that we missed out on actually like really enjoying the fountain for most of it because when we got there, they were like remodeling the fountain. So they were restoring, I think, cleaning like it. Restoring it, and we were like, what is this? Like we <laughs> were pissed. Like we just missed out on it. We got some glimpses of it toward the end, and then you know, obviously, since we've been going back, we always go back there because it's you know, it was our home. Yeah. So for those of you listening who have read my book, Midnight in the Piazza, you will probably recognize the name of the square and the name of the fountain. So I met India, as I said, when she was 13. So many, many years before I even started writing Midnight in the Piazza, but there were little seeds and people ask me, you know, where did you get the idea for the book? Some people have an idea, it comes into their mind, it's almost fully formed and they just start writing it. That was not the case for me. I had little seeds of ideas. One seed happened when a friend of mine who was a tour guide, when I first moved to Rome and I did not know the city, told me about the legend behind the fountain. That was the first seed. And then I read somewhere that at some point in time, I think it was in the 1980s, one of the turtles was actually stolen from the fountain. That was the second seed. And then the third seed was when I met you. And you were living, as you said, in that square, you had a high bedroom window that looked out and looked down onto the fountain. And that was sort of the third seed, this young 13-year-old American girl just having moved to Italy and not necessarily feeling at home yet. 
she likes the city. The city's beautiful, but it's also very difficult to be a foreigner. Well, I, I think what's really unique about that story and that this is taking this character who's integrating, but she's still on the outside and she's seeing everything in a new light. She's not been there her whole life and just doing what everyone else is doing. The freshness of it, everything new and everything beautiful is so fun because there are aspects of her that do remind me of myself. She's strong and she's curious, but at the same time, she's also like a little bit fragile and a little bit scared. And it's just, it's really exciting to see that kind of freshness in a character and that vulnerability. She's, she's a very beautiful character and, you know, to be created that, it was, it was really wonderful. Oh, that, thank you. I was actually going to ask you, did you, when you were reading Identify with Beatrice, and was it weird to be reading? I mean, I, as you know, I did not model her personality after you, no. but there was a bit of inspiration there, and I wondered if it was strange to you reading that, thinking, oh, this kind of could be me. No, I didn't feel at any point that anything was weird. Actually, what I felt the most was actually a closer connection to you. The ways in which you are very childlike. It's almost like the little girl in you that was falling in love with Rome. The ways that you love Rome and how you're bonded to Rome. So I felt actually a closer connection to you via the premise of me or like a 13-year-old girl. Because I could see it through her eyes, but also through your eyes. And... um her love of history, the bond she had with her father and, you know, just admiration for the culture and how that drove her to, it was like her own way of integrating. I think a lot of Westerners come in, they pick and choose about what they care about instead of like understanding the threat and the framework of the place that they are and really fully like integrating into that. And it was just, I watched, I watched um, that happen with her. It was really amazing. Oh, that's very cool. India, thank you. So we're going to leave it there. And thank you so much for joining me, India. Yeah, it was such a pleasure being on this podcast. Thank you for having me. This has been A Bittersweet Life. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And if you love it, leave us a good review and tell all of your friends about us. Also, if you have an idea for a bittersweet moment, send it to us by email or voice memo. We're at bittersweetlife at mail.com or find us using the contact page at thebittersweetlife.net.